0: Max, the one to watch for the best in entertainment, now has live sports with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on. Stream hundreds of select live games from MLB, That's gonna go. Go! NBA, NHL, U.S. Soccer, and NCAA Men's Mark saw! It and it's all included for a limited time with any Max subscription. He got it. After the promo period, add it for $9.99 a month. Base subscription required. You are now listening to Femme Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Femme. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then, it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms, like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads
1: and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
0: Hey fam fam. We have another awesome guest for you today. Um today's guest was referred to us by a previous guest which we really love. And we love also when you listeners send us guests. I think we say this all the time, but we're really grateful because, you know, we have a ton of people that we follow and a lot of people that we want on this show, but to know that it's someone that you guys already care about and already want to hear from. Like, that's that's exciting to us. And
1: thank you, Miss Carrie Nasina, who was a prior guest on our show. She's a brilliant acting coach and gets to work with amazing, amazing
0: actors and talents, such as our guest today, Dana Lynn Barron. She is an actress. She's also been a producer. And today, right now, when you listen to this episode on release day, her movie's coming out in theaters, being the Ricardos. Uh, she has a really fun part in the film, and we are super excited to go see it. I mean, I was already excited to see it because I love I Love Lucy. I love Aaron Sorkin. Oh. I, I was already planning to go see it, and now that we know somebody in it and got to hear about her experience, I'm even I'm more excited. I'm
1: so excited. excited. It, it looks just amazing. I mean, everyone in it is brilliant,
0: including her. So we are so excited. <laughs> Yeah, but before she even did that, um, she was in the Oscar-winning film Mank. Um, She has TV credits from Bosch, Shameless, American Crime Story, This Is Us, Criminal Minds. Like, this girl's been working. But she's been working hard at it for a lot of years before she really had the kind of success that she has now. And she's going to talk about that in this episode, which I love to hear. And, you know, it can be... Disheartening sometimes when you feel like you're working for years and not getting anywhere, but to see the payoff at the end is so rewarding. I love hearing. Yeah,
1: completely. I feel like one of the biggest takeaways for me was that she's just someone who really listens to her intuition and like keeps yeah. the eye on the prize. Like she knows what she wants and and reminds herself of that. And it's not an easy journey, like you guys will hear, but that's just something that she just kept on doing. And it's just really inspiring. So I think you guys will get a lot of great takeaways. Even if you're not an actor, this is definitely more actor-based, but just that that whole mindset, we go into it a bit. And I think it's a it's a great takeaway for wherever you are in this industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, our interview. Enjoy.
1: let's like start back to like the beginning of your career because you have Uh. done so many amazing shows and we don't have to like really delve into that. I really want to get into the hot stuff that like literally the elephant shit you're dragging throughout right now. Like I really want to get to that meat and potatoes of stuff. But like just for our listeners, you've like worked on so many amazing shows um, where and I think I read somewhere that you got started. You were living in New York. Like Broadway? Well,
2: not. I didn't make it to Broadway. I actually, if you don't mind, I want to go back further because yeah. I, I would love to and certainly yeah. don't mind putting in perspective for maybe some of your listeners. I've been around a while, <laughs> um, decades, yeah. and it's been a long journey and shit is happening. And then the good kind of shit, yeah. the good elephant shit. <laughs> it's happening The one we now. want to step in for good luck. Yeah, but I started performing um, – In somewhat earnestly in my teens, um, I was a dancer before I was an actor and started doing musicals, musical theater professionally. When I was 16 was when I did my first show. Um, I grew up in San Diego and I did not come from a showbiz family at all. And here I am. And my sisters, I have two younger sisters and we all danced. We all did all the things and we were really good. All of us, we accelerated very quickly, but they didn't go towards performance as I did. But as it, as it was, and since we were just in San Diego and LA at the time was maybe 90 minutes away, not, not the 10 hours that it is now, (laughs) um, (laughs) traffic. Um, I was in dance class with a few kids, including a young, young, young Mario Lopez Mm. and Taryn Manning, who I wasn't, they were younger than me, so I wasn't close with them, but we were all there. Anyway, there were these kids who were auditioning and booking jobs in Los Angeles, TV shows, big Barbie commercials that ran for months and months and paid for their college tuition. (laughs) Once upon a time, commercials did that. Um, But anyway, so I had this yearning like around 12 13 years old like I don't want I had was that was when I had the first thought I want to do that but I didn't really know what that that was right. you know yeah. yeah I want to be I just wanted to be on screen or something about that but my mother is not a stage mother at all so what did I do because I'm such the go-getter I somehow I don't know if my grandmother got it I got an LA phone book phone books everyone do we know what that is <laughs> <laughs> what, what those are um and I just looked up agents, called them. I was like 13, 12 or 13, and I was just calling them. I didn't know anything. And they were very kind, I remember. But they're like, honey, does your mom want to drive you to LA? I'm like, I don't think so. I'm like, well, you may want to wait. Um, so I was.
1: But I was, that initiative you had to just yeah. like want to figure it out at such a young age yeah. is really a cool. Yeah, it says a lot about me.
2: Um, but, but so that, yes, that girl. Those are good quality. No, I mean, resourcefulness perseverance, Mm. um, smarts, business savvy, the beginnings of business savvy. Like that's definitely all very useful to have. Um, not completely necessary. I have some actor friends who don't have any business sense and somehow they've done very well still, which is very lucky for them. But I always was, you know, I started reading the trades when I was 18. Variety was my go-to and I was reading Mm -hmm. them or the project production charts, I believe were Hollywood reporter and that I'd look in them for the charts, but variety was where I read my day-to-day, like who are all the players in the industry and what's going on. And I knew all these things and all my actor friends did not, but so, so anyway, dancer, musical theater, but here I am. And I'm not going to show you a picture, sorry, but, um, I know this is a podcast, but, (laughs) but I was, um, how do we say I was awkward in that I was not, my outsides didn't, my external parts did not match my insides like I was this old soul in this young (laughs) you know and I was I had braces I I I was not yeah I don't know what I I was just awkward I was weird I didn't fit in anywhere sounds like my
1: musical theater experience yeah but
2: it wasn't (laughs) and it it was a musical theater but also like even at school like I always I felt like I always felt like an alien like I don't fit in anywhere I don't understand kids my own age like it was so it was kind of rough and I always got along like Mm -hmm. I was the youngest member my first professional musical theater job was a regional production of 42nd Street and I was 16 and I was the youngest member of that whole cast you know all these equity members experienced broadway opera. and I always wanted to hang out with adults I was I've always been like that anyway mm-hmm. from when I was a little kid but they had they would they, would, <laughs> they were amused right. by me but and I thought oh I'm fitting in and then I knew I would, they weren't including me in everything because I was not emotionally <laughs> or mentally in the same age as them Anyway, I digress. I mean, by the time I got to college, though, I my mother, again, not the stage mother, but God bless her, she knew I loved performing. And again, we I grew up in San Diego. So during my freshman year at UCLA, where I was not a theater major, um, she said, oh, do you want, you know, La Jolla Playhouse has a summer conservatory program. You want to, why don't you audition? And I did, and I got in and had some wonderful conservatory training for the summer. And I was like, Oh, I kind of like this. And my favorite note from um, one of my professors who was a Juilliard professor at the time, his because, because I was in college, I was getting graded for that (laughs) summer program as well. um, Mm. For Yeah, for credits, but his note was, and it was perfect. It was I got I was B plus was my grade. So I was a B plus actress at the time, not bad for a beginner. And he said, (laughs) has potential needs training. To which I replied in my head, duh. Yeah. So then what happened after that, though, I met some wonderful actors, like actors like way further along than me as far as their craft goes. You know, some young actors are just they blow me away when young actors are talented like that. It's. Yeah, it's just something special, Um, but I met some Mm -hmm. that then turned me on to what happened my next summer. I auditioned for and got into um, the program at Oxford University in England, the British American Drama Academy, and that was my aha moment. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I was... One day I was doing some wonderful work having, you know, how those out of body experiences you sometimes yeah. have when you're working, I, I it doesn't happen every time, but sometimes you do a scene or, and it's like, Whoa, where did we just go? So I'd started to have that. And yeah. I was walking through the beautiful courtyard at my college at Oxford. And all of a sudden it felt like a punch in the gut <laughs> and I started sobbing in the middle of the courtyard in the middle of the day. And my friend saw me from afar and she runs up. She's like, oh my God, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> like it hit me like, oh, no, this is your path. This is your career. You are choosing it now, which means telling your family that's full of doctors, lawyers, people with normal jobs and yeah, choosing, choosing this thing and also choosing to move to New York after college, which was also a big thing because- prior to meeting other actors from New York who were super cool. And I was like, Oh my God, there's super cool people in New York. I was like, I'm never living in New York. I just thought I would never. really, live Yeah. Yeah. I was, I had a thing against New York. Don't know why can't remember I'm blocking it out, but anyway, <laughs> but all that is to say, I don't know how to tell short stories after UCLA though. No, I moved to fine. New York and I I'm happy to call my twenties in New York, my graduate school. And I flailed. I couldn't get, well, I couldn't get arrested. I did not get reps. I, I, you know, I was going to the equity building to all the auditions lining up at five 30 in the morning to audition for fucking beauty and the beast. Um, yeah, Mm -hmm. date me. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway. Um, and I looked around, I started to look around those rooms at equity actually. And I was like the girls in the flowery dresses and I was never the ingenue type. I just wasn't. And I knew it for the longest time. And also, you know, I struggled with my weight for, I mean, I was a very overweight child for may determine it was genetic reasons, who knows, but, uh, you know, my, my weight and, um, and food, I've really been on a big journey with all that. It has everything to do with just yeah. my love of self and self-worth and body Great. image and God mm-hmm. going into this business I'm in. And I have that stuff you know, from when I was a little kid, it was like a big thing. And so to go to equity or anywhere else and just, I was a Corrine. I was a, when I did musicals, I was a diva dancer. I was a diva tap dancer specifically. Mm-hmm. I did all the tap shows. Um, but I struggled like I, one season I'd be really thin. And then the next season I'd put on quite a bit of weight. And so I was mm-hmm. doing that whole thing. And, and I looked around and I, my thought was at the time, they don't, Want if you're a fat corn, you fat dancer, they're not going to hire you. That was my thought at the time. So there was a lot I mean, of that's
1: kind of what it was expected. Yeah, at least. like, yeah. even when I went to school, yeah, like it was like you need to look a certain yeah, way. Yeah, you need to look yeah.
2: a certain way. And we can, for the
1: character types,
2: too. Sure. Like, that's what I
1: mean. Like, I always felt I didn't fit in a certain character type as well. That's why I was like, I can't yeah, do this.
2: and so it's interesting because, in the, you know, again, in my 20s, that I, I Mm -hmm. like casting member pardon me casting directors I did meet they some of them right flat out told me and I'm glad for it we don't know what to do with you Is what they? we don't know what to do we don't know where you fit you're like you're young looking but you're (laughs) uh, you're just odd and a couple of them and a friend of mine said and this made me so mad at the time but it was so right (laughs) this all this one I'll speak to this one friend who she's one of those Harvard grads who knows everything and she wasn't in the business herself, but somehow was really savvy about it. She one day took me aside and she goes, Dana, you're going to make it later. You're just going to make it later because, because things are just, you're going to match up and your talents and who you are on the outside and inside. It's just going to all align later. I just feel that that's, what's going to happen. And I was like, damn it. And I don't want to wait. Um, but she was right. And, uh, it's, it's, I started producing films. I want to toss in there too during this time. While I wasn't being successful at all as an actor, I fell in with the indie film crowd and started running around in New York. In Alex, New York, yeah, okay, making short films <laughs> and feeling like I didn't know what I was doing. But people seem to always think I know what I'm doing for some reason. I have a look on my face. I don't know what it is. And and I will say my, my one regret. I'm so glad to have had that experience. It was really hard. And because though I'm was I'm a recovering control freak and perfectionist. <laughs> It was really hard. Like I I so wanted, it's just my nature to, I want to figure this out on myself, all by myself. I, I want to figure this all out all by myself. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I could go back, I'd know, oh, one of the things I would have loved to have done and just didn't is a mentor would have been nice, a producing Mm -hmm. mentor, um, asking for help is hard. I, I was very stubborn. I'm going to figure it out myself, but ask for help when you need it. And also do the ask, whether it's for help or anything else going on in your career, ask, because if you don't ask, it's always a no. So that was something I eventually learned. Wish I knew it then. Um, And the producing too, like I always had the sense of, I don't know what I'm doing, which was true in a way. And I figured out a lot, but you know, it's funny because I talked to, I used to, when I came back to LA, eventually I had nannied for some film people. And this one producer who worked at one of the, Biggest studios in town, I said to him once, I don't know what I'm doing though. He's and he laughed. He goes, None of us do. (laughs) Like, yeah, well, but you're at this but like you're up there. I mean, when you're at that (laughs) studio, you know some things that I don't know how to do. And so it was, it was like I said, it was graduate school, just doing everything, yes, and doing acting in little crappy plays in the black box theaters and And eventually, I started also volunteering for things like Gotham Film Awards and festivals, and that led me to working and volunteering for Sundance Film Festival for three years, which was a game changer as far as me suddenly learning that, oh... When we're all in mittens and and parkas, jet hats and all that, we're all on an even playing field. I can talk to you. I don't care that you're the president of this agency or that. I got really comfortable with networking through my work at the festivals. Um, so I highly recommend, if you haven't, get involved and participate, yeah. show up at these events. And if especially if you're not so comfortable being in the crowds and talking to people.
0: Yeah, that's good advice, too, to... to- not just attend festivals, but get involved because especially, you know, it's tough if you don't have a film in the specific festival you're visiting or just aren't working mm. on anything at that moment. And you meet people and you feel like I have nothing to show for myself, which is never the, like, there's always something you can talk about, but that's how it feels. So if you're yeah. involved, then you've automatically got something to talk about.
2: Yeah. I'm working for the festival yeah. or I have to tell you something, cause that's something actors deal with so much. This shame or uncomfortability about, oh, what do you do? I'm an actor. What have I seen you in lately? Or what are you doing now? And when we're in those periods moments or whatever, where we're not working on a project or done, don't have something about to come out. It's just, I used to hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Oh, dreaded that question until finally, I forget how it happened, but I came up with my answer to it every time. What do you do? and i'd say i'm a woman of leisure
0: <laughs> mm, i like that
2: <laughs> if i wasn't doing anything at the time i would just say i'm a woman of leisure yeah i do what i want <laughs> yes and they literally but it would shut them down because they wouldn't
1: have anyone to keep asking yeah. they're like oh
2: and then i'd switch and then they'd subjects be like can i look,
1: I look up leisure? I <laughs> do I do. woman up. of
2: leisure like life of riley riley is kind of my my alter egos name so life of yeah anyway i know that it's weird but it worked it worked <laughs> In New York, it was very good. Um, where was I? I don't know. Like my journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I came back to, I was going to say San Diego. No, I didn't. <laughs> I came back to Los Angeles in um, 2002. Why did I do that? Oh, because I was done with New York. Like it was just, I I, my, I follow my gut a lot. My gut speaks to me. And after seven years, I actually was coming back from one of my Sundance uh, f- film festivals and was in the car from JFK into the city and I was looking out the window when the skyline appeared and remember how at Oxford I said I got that punch in the gut yeah. thing like it literally feels like that it felt like a punch in the gut and it also was like this funk feeling like a curtain coming down uh-huh. and I suddenly went into this panic in a way like I have to leave I have to leave New York I have to leave I have to, and this was after 9-11, by the way. So it did or didn't have anything to do with that. It was time to go. And within three months I was in LA. Uh, Um, (laughs) so it was kind of intense and I probably made it more intense than it needed to be, but um, it was time to come back to California where I, I I knew I, I knew I always intended to end up in, um, still couldn't get arrested for a little while. Uh, (laughs) but, Uh, It was the the, my thirties were the beginning of getting to know and like myself, Mm. truly. Um, And that's and it's really one of the. It's a big key to this whole puzzle. I have to be honest. Like I, yes, there are very successful people in our industry who have all kinds of self-loathing and just other self-worth issues. But I think that's why the people we see in our business who maybe look to be a bit of a mess. And maybe don't treat themselves well, harm themselves is because of that, yeah. so in that sense, yeah. I'm somewhat grateful that I didn't find success mm-hmm. earlier when I was in such pain, really, and just truly not ready not, for liking, it. not liking not liking them yeah i was I wouldn't have been ready for it. um I would have covered very well, but I would have gone home and like I probably would have binged on food or yeah. something like that um so so I came back to l a and just started i don't i don't know what happened i was doing a play i had become a member of a theater company here in town and it was the first time this has happened actually i was doing this play and uh one of our uh, the fellow uh, cast members her husband was a producer on a big tv show at the time and he said i want to bring you in to audition and brought me in for a guest star my first primetime tv audition yeah. Have you ever felt gone on stage or just somewhere and felt like you swear your knees were knocking and everyone could see that your knees were knocking. Yeah. So I felt like the whole.
0: Mine is always that I'm afraid they can like literally see my heart beating like in my chest, yeah,
2: like, <laughs> like or in your throat, yeah. like the heart and throat, like, can't you see the outline right. of my heart? Like you can see my vein bulging. Can you? <laughs> yeah. So I felt I, I was, a re- and I'm very hard on myself. Remember I said I was a perfectionist control freak, all that. Um, and I, I didn't have full belief in command of my work. But what was a blessing? So the blessing. So it was also it was a really cozy room, by the way. It was, you know, it was a producer's straight to producer's session. They had a couch. It wasn't like just a cold conference room, which, mm-hmm. I, you know, I used to um, I interned with some casting offices and their producer se- sessions would be in like big conference rooms sometimes. But this was like homey. It was really nice.
0: Yeah.
2: I left now. I ha- It was it was really great that I had a personal relationship with that producer now because you could do what you can't always do, which is ask yeah. the people, or even share honestly, which is what I did. I said, I was so nervous. I, I, I felt like my, I told him, I said, I said, my knees were knocking. I I so wanted to do a good job. He's like, Dana, stop. They really liked you in that room. So know that. And no, we did not see your knees. Yeah. <laughs> So that was really helpful. That was a boost, and it, that's what set me on another path. You know, besides, you know, I'm, I, I believe we're athletes, and so if we're not on set, we ought to be training and doing our craft, however we can, in class, wherever you do it. Um, so I was doing that, but what I wasn't doing was working on. I realized, oh, this is a mindset thing, <laughs> and I started down that journey, which thankfully didn't take very long. My, I think, I can think, my soul was just ready for it, like.
1: Can not explain, being afraid Can you break yeah. that down like because it can sometimes sound mindset right? yeah. yeah like what is that well to you?
2: it kind of for me it kind of is that I will share um and I don't mind naming this person because a lot of people may know him or know of him a brilliant actor but I was led to someone named Jack Plotnick and he um does this wonderful work with and for actors and he did it for himself first, which is why before he did it Mm -hmm. for actors, he was doing it for himself. But frankly, it involved a shit ton of affirmations Mm -hmm. that I literally said over and over and over and over and over and over and over uh, while I was preparing for auditions before auditions in the waiting room, I wouldn't be looking at my line. His whole process was in the waiting room. Don't look at your lines, focus on, you know, I release and destroy my need to get this job. I release and destroy my need to do this right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so mindset. Um, well, think about it, guys. <laughs> it's woo woo, and it's not woo. I don't know what to say, yeah. but like we all think right. about your vulture. I call it the vulture. Other people do too, but that voice, like you get an audition. It, if you have any kind of voice, that's telling you, eh, you're not good enough or Eh, they're not going to like you or uh, this is hard. Like just the belief that this is hard. Um, there's, I want to toss out there Here, I'm name dropping. No, but <laughs> I um, got to know um, the casting director, G Charles Wright, um, who used to cast that 70s show in the middle and he's a wonderful guy. And I took um, a class of his a while back, a workshop and he said something that I just grabbed and I've I've, I've remembered ever since, which is just, Although someone said recently this is t- that's terrifying. I don't consider it terrifying. Just knowing that when you're in that room and I know we're doing salt tapes nowadays, but when you go in that room with the producers, casting, whoever it is, like for those 5 or 10 minutes, you know you're the only one who gets to play that role. Like those for those you are you're playing that role. It's yours. Yeah. So enjoy mm-hmm. it. Share mm-hmm. this is this is me in this world and this story. Me. Yeah. No one else. Yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then leave. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that notion of knowing for these few minutes, I'm the only one playing this part.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's like, auditioning is such a big part of what we do. I mean, we're auditioning far more often than we are actually playing things, you know? So you have to enjoy it or else why are you even doing it? Like, and that's mindset. Like it took me a long time to be like, okay, A, there's so many reasons that I'm not going to get this or that I might not get this role besides just me doing a bad job. So who cares if it's done right? Like B, why am I doing it if I don't love it? So I have fun at auditions now. I get way less nervous. I don't like, I'm not worried about it afterwards. And so, yeah, it's just, it's so important to really just wrap your mind around it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I also am am fond of when I'm done with an audition, just if I can out loud, I'll say it out loud or just in my head. All right. Next. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I don't know if I broke it down enough. I can try and maybe find a way to articulate, but mindset is its just about if you catch yourself, if there's a voice that's negating anything yeah. about what you're doing right now, then that's something to explore because it matters. You know, there are... <laughs>
1: I've and been fighting people- that just to yeah. be open. Like that's something I well, really struggle with. And it's sucks. Plotnick, unless
2: he changed his <laughs> website. If you go on his website, there, one of the buttons he can push has uh-huh. all the affirmations. So you can take what hits you and what strikes you as something that you want to work on. And I swear that, that really changed everything for me. And I was going to say, you know, we, we can turn on the TV any hour of the day and see things where we're like that. Uh, there are people who get to work who maybe aren't the best actors in the world, but I could tell you what the common denominator is of all of them for all of them is belief. Yeah. Simply belief in self. And also <laughs> like a certain obliviousness <laughs> to like, that they might not be talented. They don't care. Like they're going out, they're probably having a blast doing what they do. Um, mm. and, but there is that, I mean, I've met people and I've been envious of mm. them, um, of the belief in them, the belief in self that I didn't have when I was younger yeah. and It really finally landed in me by my mid-late 30s, frankly.
1: Tessa, oh my gosh. VidaFair is so cool. We can
0: literally rent movies for so cheap. And movies we probably wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise. Indie movies that don't normally make it to the streamers. What a great resource. But how
1: cool is it that the filmmakers make money too? Like actual money, not fractions of a cent based on hours upon hours of views.
0: Exactly. Filmmakers set their own price for a 24-hour rental and viewers reap the benefit of micropricing. Everybody wins and there's so much to choose from. It's so
1: simple. Fair trade film monetization. And all you have to do is visit vidafair.com. That's V-I-D-A-Fair.com to make an account today.
2: So again, journey. I would did I yeah. do I wish I believed in myself sooner. She, I mean, I have a niece who's about to turn 12 and she's already performing in San Diego and some of the big uh, oh. kids' musical theaters, and she's legitimately talented. That's
0: amazing. Like
2: legit and her belief and her confidence. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> she's like one of those those kids that are just they've got it. They've got it. So yeah. um Yeah. So what else can I talk about? There's, I mean, there's so much, but.
0: (laughs) No, that was such a great, just breaking it down of, of what you went through and how you pushed through it and, you know, all of that.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. And as far as by then my mid thirties, mid late thirties, I finally had theatrical agents, I think. Not great ones (laughs) or anything, but I started getting auditions. I will say I, I had the good, fortune because I've definitely talked to actors who are like and I never have done theater to be seen mm-hmm. for that's never ever I do theater because I love theater yeah. and but I have had I've had some things happen for me with my film and tv work because of the theaters I was involved mm-hmm. with so yes that can happen but that's not why I was doing that mm-hmm. but um what led to my Actually, my first primetime TV job was Criminal Minds, and that came from casting director workshop, Mm. which, you know, I have a real love-hate relationship with those things, but I have always believed in a targeted approach to it, Mm. like, and especially when no one knew me, then I was going to a lot more, but my whole theory is, well, there's an office that's never called me in. I don't know why they're not calling me in, but they do shows I should be on, and so, therefore, I will go to see this person here because I need to share my work with them. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, But so that's how criminal minds came about. Um, But then it was dead for a while. (laughs) Um, But then uh, John Levy cast me in shameless. And that came from, I had wanted to meet him for years and years (laughs) and years. And he directed a play at the theater company I was in.
1: Oh my God. And
2: became a fan. And so and he's an extremely wonderful loyal guy and he's brought me in for shit tons of stuff actually my shameless came after my eighth audition for it wow <laughs> so he wow. kept trying yeah. um but so that happened but then it was quiet again and then fast forward to i can't keep track it's 2017 i think i ended up on this is us very like a small role that was practically not there at all but Yes, This Is Us. And then the big thing where I started to notice a shift just in the quality of, well, This Is Us was a very good show to book. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. And Shameless was too. I mean, I would, yes. Um, But I booked um, The Assassination of Johnny Versace, Ryan Murphy show. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was a big deal. And what was interesting to see, I'd always sort of heard this, but I actually saw it. First of all, I started getting more auditions for FX shows. Mm-hmm. And also I started getting auditions in offices that were just bigger and ones that are, you know, on my, the proverbial target list. Yeah. Um, like, oh, this is interesting. So I was saying, oh, when they see a certain quality of thing on your resume, this can happen maybe. Um, and that led to, <laughs> Actually, this is funny cuz I didn't book this job, but it's still going to remain one of my highlights. It, I did a self-tape for um it's about to come out too, but um they're doing another film of Macbeth that Joel Cohen's directing and Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington are starring in. Yeah. So, I got an audition for it, which was amazing. Cause I was like yelling for my agent to like, I have to be seen for that. <laughs> I didn't know how, cause I'd actually, cause I read the trades. I had known about it. Like when it was first announced, I was like, I have to, how am I going to be seen? And then the audition came, which was great. And then I got to go to the director's session and I read oh with Francis. Oh, so <gasps> that was looking into her eyes was one of that will always be one of the highlights. I hope I get to work, work with her, yeah. but um, that was very cool. But then I got Mank a few weeks later, David Fincher's film last that came out last year. And then what happened? Oh, no. Bosch was before Macbeth. Like, again, these things. It's just I say this only because not to list off my resume, but but like, again, this is like just just the last few years, guys. (laughs) Just the last few years, um, four years, Bosch and then Mank happened and then pandemic hits Mm -hmm. yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) everything's on pause for a minute but
2: (laughs) everything's on pause but then I uh yeah everything was on pause but thank I was very blessed I do voiceovers as well and uh one of my campaigns that I'd done in 2019 and I thought was just done suddenly it's running again and then they want to do some new spots and so I was like that was a that was definitely a blessing during that time and um and then beginning of this year, I, I'm, I'm sad the show didn't catch on, but I, I got a sweet little recurring role on rebel Katie Segal's new show on ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few weeks after that, I booked being the Ricardo's, which is about to come out yeah. yes. <laughs> and I've never, okay. I have to talk. I have to share this just cause I want actors to know this is possible. Okay. I, I guess I didn't think it was, or it happened to other people, but, um, so, I'd never auditioned for Aaron, never met him, nothing, right? Now I did, I will say, Francine Mazler, the casting director, she'd become a fan a few years ago. So, that was helpful. Yes, but Aaron didn't know me. We, mm-hmm. Okay. So, they were self tapes, right? Do the self tape. Felt really great about it. It was like right in my wheelhouse. I just knew what I wanted to do with it and I did it. And then I did something that actors should never do, but I did it anyway, because we're all going to do it sometimes. It's okay. But I waited by the phone because I was so, I felt so strongly about my performance. I'm like, I have to get a call back at least. That's just how I felt. I'm like, there's no way I have nothing, nothing, nothing. And I was actually you know when you cause your own suffering? <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> I
2: was, yes. but that's what I mean. Like I'm ashamed to say, but it's okay. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm patting my shoulder right now, yeah. guys, in case you can't see me. But because I was, I was being really hard on myself because I knew that what I was doing was ridiculous and hard, and causing me to suffer and not feel good, and frankly making me sick. Yeah. Like, why am I not hearing? Why am I not hearing? And my manager is wonderful. Is like, just if it's in the stars, it's going to happen. Just take it easy. Da da da. And it yes. took, um, it was a Thursday night. I was talking to a dear friend of mine. I call her, she's like my third grandma. My other two grandmas are no longer here, but, um, she's known me since I was 18 and we were talking and I, you know, I share everything with her and she's like, she's very, she can become very stern, like a school marm and like put me, <laughs> make, you know, she gets, she, she, she's a former nun too, oh, by the right. way. Um, and <laughs> it's not I don't know why that's relevant but
0: anyway <laughs> I went to Catholic school growing up so I
2: understand <laughs> Oh all right no but she's but she's also woo woo like she was the former nun who left because that wasn't ultimately her calling but she knows how to like she's hard on me in the best of ways and she's like Danny you have to stop let it go let it go right now and I'm sobbing I'm like I cuz I know I knew the truth like you have you have audition and to the best of your ability let it go that's why I say next uh, it's hard. It's not Especially always with easy. Something,
1: an opportunity that you really want. And you feel right for at your yeah. like, yeah.
2: So wait for it. So Thursday night, this happens, I'm sobbing, but I truly actually, you know, when you just finally feel that you've let something go, mm-hmm. I actually did. I was ready. I was tired of feeling like shit. I really yeah. was the next morning. I got the offer. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, <laughs> of course. no callback. No, but I was like, you should have seen me. I'm like, Wait, don't I need a callback? Doesn't he doesn't he want to give me notes? Like <laughs> I'd never had that happen. Certainly not on a, a big, big ass movie yeah. like that. I was cast off my self tape for a major feature film. That's impressive. So so yeah. yeah, that was outstanding. And then um yeah, we shot I shot for like it was like 11 days spread out over a month last spring. And most of my work was with Javier Bardem. So I was <gasps> Uh <sighs> was, was can hobby. i just <laughs> he was i want you all to know for when you work with him and or meet him out there he you're not acting with him it was it was i felt he like i was playing. flying um mm-hmm. and he's lovely for all the you know these wonderful roles we've all seen him in yeah he's really fun and he's just he's kind he's warm he's generous he really elevates everyone and Nicole Nicole and I didn't have our characters didn't have like direct interactions but she was amazing too I mean as far as a leader on set and just watching her work like the first I remember my first week and the first time I saw her in costume I we were shooting so my Mm -hmm. first time seeing her was her making an entrance and I had to stop myself I almost started bawling because she she looked amazing she sounded amazing and she did this gesture because I'm a fan of Lucy, Mm -hmm. Lucille Ball, and I Love Lucy, and she did this simple gesture, and it made me almost break down crying, like, it was, it was just really cool, and Aaron is a wonderful director for actors, he's so simple, his his direction is so, if he gives it to you, and he does give it, but, like, simple there's a scene in the film where I have, it's just one simple line that I, that I, that I say, and, and I, you know, do you ever hear yourself talking and maybe not even just acting, but even in life, but like you hear the, the words come out of your mouth. (laughs) You're like, Oh, I shouldn't have said it that way. That was a little, so I said it a little with a little too much. Um, what's the word a little too much seductress in it. I totally didn't mean it. There's none of that going on. Okay. I'm just Desi Ernest's as a secretary. I do my job. So, but so I heard it when I I heard it and Aaron (laughs) called me over, Hey, Dana, come here. It's like it's just business. It's just business. Yeah, got it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was it was but then he he saw that I was like, I must have crinkled my forehead because I was being like, oh god, I didn't get it right. You know, that a little of that. He goes, Don't take that note too hard. (sighs) Like, oh, he sees me completely. Yeah, that's amazing. And this is crazy. I've he goes, he wants to be home for dinner. We always wrapped by like 5 p.m. every night. It was insane. So he works very quickly, but he also gives the actors, like, if they want to need another take, like, it was just fun. It was just, I don't know. I always, I just want more of that. We all do. I know. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like I was also doing a plane away because I enter and exit all my scenes so much. I felt like I was always in the wings <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: coming and going. So it was really, it was just really fun. I don't know. It was, I feel very, uh, yeah, it's been an incredible little ride, especially these last few years, mm-hmm. but it's been a marathon I I lest I repeat myself I don't think I've said it here but I have you know when I talk to others about these things like this is not a sprint it's definitely a marathon it's a journey so if you're an actor you're an actor and and sometimes we do need to check I've checked in like do you really want to keep doing this Mm -hmm. and if the answer is Mm -hmm. yes well there you go but if you think well I could work in an office that'd be fine like I've been offered jobs I used to temp my my day job used to be temping so in New York, I worked for Miramax and Scott Rudin I worked for. I had been offered jobs at these places. I worked at Warner Brothers out here, 20th Century Fox, Miramax also for a little bit when I first came out. Um, I was offered jobs, but I knew I'd have to give 200% mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be acting.
0: Yeah.
2: Most likely. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe that was <laughs> short-sighted of me, but also in my awkwardness and just my lack of belief, I, I for, oh starting in my teens, really, I was like, when it came to a spotlight, that's okay. I don't need the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And it was a lie. Really, it was a lie. But I knew that people didn't see me. Yeah. Like you're an actor. You don't look or seem like an actor, which is fine. You don't have to look or seem like an actor. But I didn't look or I didn't exude anything to them. But I was smart and capable. Yeah. And I could have run a studio. That's what people think.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> But if you don't want to run a studio, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. And I did not. So it's, I'm glad that I didn't say yes to some of those offers. Cause yeah, it would have been a different path and it could have been a very enjoyable and fulfilling path, but I'm an actor, God damn it. And sometimes I'm like, God damn it. <laughs>
0: like, I don't want to be, but I can't I, be anything else. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, cause it's hard. Cause yeah. I'll be honest. I mean, and we all go through definitely I'll go through this. Like I haven't booked anything since the Ricardos Mm -hmm. and it's frustrating as all hell. It's made, I felt very sad at certain periods and frustrated and disappointed because, you know, our job is the auditioning. Right. Right. And I think we, we audition and the the bookings are definitely, are the icing on the cake. Um, and, and it's the work. I mean, I, you know, I, I earn a living doing that. But when you're not working for several weeks or months or years at a time, you know, I've talked to veteran actors who you'd recognize from series being series regulars on shows when I've confided in them at various points in my career, they've shared, like some of them have gone through like years of practically nothing going on. It's, it can be scary. And it's, and so that's why we need to have our, the side hustles and other hands and other pots, investing your money when you can and being smart about all that. Um,
0: and it's okay. The day jobs
2: are just the day, you know. That's just the job we do, so we can do the the career, right. build the careers we love, right. um, and do the things that are meaningful to us. Um, I I absolutely was compelled to keep going. I'm like, I'm not done yet. And again, back to my friend. It was a friend, and it was like, I forget if it was. She might have even been head of ABC casting at the time. Like the two, there were two people who I just very clearly remember saying that I was going to hit later. Mm-hmm. And so, well, in my thirties, well, that's not later enough. I have just felt like that's not later enough.
1: I'm not there yet.
2: Yeah, this <laughs> later they're talking about. They mean which later.
1: is almost sounds like, especially in this industry, and it's annoying yeah. as hell. But like, yeah, yeah you, you're yeah. told like in your thirties, like it's gonna be rough. <laughs> it's well, you, know, you can believe and,
2: what you want to, but you know, y-
1: that's
2: sure, what I you, you can be practical and know that yeah, there are certain. Uh, I, I I resist using the word reality, but fine. You want to believe there's less work when you're over your thirties or over forties or over fifties or over. believe what you want, but a belief I'm quote, okay. I'm quoting Abraham right now. Forgive me if you guys don't know who Abraham is, but a belief is just a thought you keep thinking. So stop thinking it. Mm. Yeah. That's I added that their, their thing is a belief is just a thought we keep thinking.
0: Yeah.
2: So back to the mindset with auditioning, if we're struggling with the thoughts we're thinking the beliefs we have about ourselves yeah. or the audition process or the people we're auditioning for they're evil no they're not they want us to be the one you know right. makes their job right. easier no they do
1: they yeah. really do <laughs> yeah seen
2: it. so with regard to age and all that I mean I'm if anything I'm living proof I'm about to be 50 you guys I don't look at I'm told yeah hot no. Damn. I you know Girl, uh, most of the women is I know you look so my skin is glowing <laughs> No, I mean, most women I know these days because we care for ourselves and, you know, with the exercise and food, just different from our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmothers. Most women I know do look younger than their age. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I actually, my body's in the best shape of its life, frankly. And I feel, and also I fucking know myself.
0: Yeah.
2: And if you don't like that. I'll tell you where to stick it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I, you know, Guess what? Because yes. I do have other things to do. Mm-hmm. If this all doesn't pan out, however, I mean, I have big vision. I, you know, I'm, I'm not done. That later is still later as far as I mean, I could be 89 or 90 when I'm done with all this, yeah. but, um,
1: but that's what keeps you actually that's actually what brings i think like youth and rejuvenation and like all of that is yeah. having all of that like yeah. cuz it's it's like a it's you like otherwise i feel like it's so easy to fall to the wayside of depression and like yeah. not not having that purpose yeah. in life and yeah. and and some people lose that especially in the industry that's so tough Yeah,
2: and it is which is why we have to also take care of yourselves and have a life Mm -hmm. have a life go go to museums go to the go to a garden go to a park go to the ocean whatever feeds you it will rejuvenate you and and also provide i'm someone who very much needs to have a different literally get different you know a change of scenery i really i have a motto i love travel and I have to go away to come home again. Mm. Sometimes, you know, when I'm in LA, it's actually, you know, and I do go, I, you know, I go to the various gardens around town and we live kind of far from the ocean. So I'll admit, I don't get there as much as I'd like to, but, um, I I do very well when I truly remove myself from LA and like travel to Europe or Mexico or wherever I do. It really, really feeds me. Um, but sometimes you can't go that far. And so what are you going to do? Where can you go? what practices can you put into play for yourself? What rituals to remember who you really are? Yeah. You know, the acting that we, whatever we do creatively is um, merely a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we can't show up if we aren't fed yeah. with, you know, if we're not fueling ourselves and not, you know, that includes fueling with the right foods, with the right, Absolutely. Uh, stimuli, again, touching a tree or whatever, yeah. smelling flowers, whatever music, listening to music, dance, like my, bi- the thing that really taps me in when I'm, if I'm feeling off, one of the music plays a big part in my life. I often, you know, when I'm working on a role, I often end up creating soundtracks for my character. Like yeah. I, I just, it, music feeds me when I dance. I'm, it puts me right back in my bod. And I mean, just, I don't, you know, I'm not choreographing things here. I'm just moving to, a song, I want a, a print song or anything. I don't care. You know, just get in the body. Yeah. And then the energy is, then you're moving. And then you're you're present, you're grounded. Because we can't do our work if we're not present and grounded. Not truly, anyway, because that's a lot of BS acting. Yeah. And we see it. Yeah. It's out there. You can tell. <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So,
1: Well, that's great advice for anyone who is struggling or feels like that. They yeah need to find a way to re reboot themselves and and get back into it mm-hmm. and yeah. and think about like stay focused on on the dream baby like you know like you, that's what everyone yeah. says is like ha- but like literally uh, some sort of whatever a vision board I think means to an individual like or I'm yeah. you know I think that's like so key especially when it's hard mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. i'm still like figuring it out like personally affirmations i've heard it and it just still hasn't clicked for me and maybe it's okay. like yeah. something i have to figure out i don't know but or
2: there's another tool for yeah i mean we're also different we're wired so differently so people definitely respond to different uh tools um i know yeah the affirmations just they really worked i just like <laughs> like it was a real revelation but um I mean, short of that, uh, I mean, if, okay. So if you're not going to go say a more woo-woo route, then there are very practical things to do, which is I've already sort of, well, not sort of, I mentioned being in class, or if you yeah. know that, Oh, if if you're struggling with, uh, I'm a, like, some people are legitimately brilliant actors and just suck at auditioning. Like it's, it's, ter- it's a horrible experience. Well, you know, I mentioned G. Charles Wright earlier and his was actually the very first ever, 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 ever specifically film and TV class I ever took. Because so I was always like, I don't want that. I want to just do real work. I want to do Ibsen and Shakespeare and all that. And But hello, if I'm not having success yet, there was a disconnect. I right. Clearly, there's something not comfortable. I'm not comfortable yet with this other stuff. So yeah. I took the class and A, it was fun. Do things that shake you up. So like if you're struggling with auditions, take an audition class, find someone good and take an audition class. And I don't care if you went to Yale or Juilliard (laughs) or wherever, Take an audition class because oftentimes too, in our training and conservatory drama school or wherever you trained, it may be better now. So I don't want to speak out of turn, but like the practicalities of our business are often not discussed or dealt with yeah, in these programs. Yeah, it's not any
0: better
2: now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go. So take an audition class, yeah. or what I did too after being in scene study for a long time. I needed you breaks are good too. By the way, so I'm not all about like be the student forever. But I'm see that's a thing. I have I believe in beginner's mind, so I will always be the student in life <laughs> and my my work. Um. And but sometimes like I've taken breaks to say go to UCB or the ground yes. because put away the scripts and play Yeah. because Dana I I used to you know I come from a very heady intellectual uh again controlling background mm-hmm. so I recommend if you're like a super Shakespeare nerd go do improv mm-hmm. for a couple months if you're you're um uh Theater geek, take a film and TV class. <laughs> so rude. I don't mean to call you all geeks. I'm a geek. I'm saying that because I'm the yeah. geek. You know, um, same with if you're, you know, it, it's interesting to see when film and TV, people who've, who've been fortunate, I guess, huh, it's not the word fortunate, like most of their career has been film and TV when they go back and do theater. That's a whole nother muscle too. Right. I did something before the pandemic, which I'm so glad I finally did because I believe in doing things that scare you. Um, Me too. I wanted to do this in my 20s in New York, but it scared the shit out of me. um, And that's stand up. So finally, I went and found I was led to, you know, how timing is everything. And I don't know. And within a week, two different people told me about the same person. Um, I'll say her name here, too. Um, I was led to Lisa Sunstead and Pretty Funny Women. And she's been producing comedy shows for decades she's a comic herself and she's produced shows you know comedy store improv all the places Uh but her workshops it's it's all women talk about a safe environment to learn to write jokes was it was so cool and then Uh you all you graduate you know it's the beginning workshop there was there was there were a couple people who were quite experienced Mm -hmm. but they come back it's kind of like how i would do beginning ballet just because foundation is always good um but you end with a show at flowers
0: nice (laughs) I love that advice. Do something that scares the shit out of you. It's so yeah, yeah. because it's gonna it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you from getting bored and it inspires you. You you know,
2: it shakes it shakes you up. You need to be shaken up a little bit Uh, in a good way. I mean, in
0: a good yes, yes, especially like
1: just challenge like kind of like all your senses. You you just you have to just like be so present too in those moments and like yeah, just deal with that.
0: I just want to thank you for your time because this has been really awesome. It's Aww, been, it's. Thank you. I like hearing st- stories from people that have been in the industry for a long time because it keeps us motivated. You know, like <laughs> I mean, I'm in my early 30s. I've I've only been doing it out here in LA for less than 10 years you know but it's like it's all yep. it already feels like oh my god when is this gonna get easier And it's not gonna get easier <laughs> but like you know so it is it's inspiring and it's really motivating to me mm-hmm. so thank you for that good um you're
2: welcome I'm my really pleasure.
0: excited to see being the Ricardos I was already excited to see it before we yeah. even got to meet you and hear about you yeah. so <laughs> I'm extra excited um so fam definitely go yeah check we're gonna be out
1: cheering you on I'm like so excited girl i just yeah. getting to know you like we know, like it's gonna be really fun watching because I'm gonna be like I'm, yeah you know we don't know know you but we know yeah. we got to like get you got to know me yeah. you you're today.
2: part of the yeah. fan, fan now
1: <laughs> oh yes. yay I'm so happy yes.
2: can I just say something and I, before I go like if you're yeah. if you're whatever kind of creative you are if you're an actor you're an actor if you're a writer you're a writer it's hard because I call them civilians mm-hmm. when we're not famous mm-hmm civilians like to call us aspiring or this or that no you're an if you're acting in any way shape or form you're an actor you're not aspiring okay and so just know that and yeah I am an actor and yeah I do a catering job now you know I do that and I do this I worked in an office yeah I nannied I what else did I do I don't know things (laughs) I I,
1: you know uh, Yeah. Whatever to provide so it served the greater purpose. Yeah,
2: exactly. Thank you. That's exactly that that is like what I tell myself
1: every day. Yeah, Yeah, no, and it's (laughs)
2: true. And and mm -hmm. you'll know, I mean, connect with your, you know, your heart and soul will speak to you. Watch out for the brain, you know, the third eye is okay, but the brain. Yeah. I, I'm working on this to this day. It'll be a lifelong journey, frankly. When the brain, my brain likes to try and take the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. It's taken mm-hmm. the it was in the driver's seat for a long time. And I've been kicking it to the back seat <laughs> now. And and I have to remind it now and then to shut up.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. my my
2: heart, my it's powerful stuff. Like I really, our higher selves do know
0: mm-hmm.
2: what we're meant to do. And so we have to just get quiet sometimes and take a few breaths and Listen to what yeah. you need, what you want.
0: Yeah. Make sure that we get our listeners, um, any of your social media and stuff like that that you want to share.
2: Uh, yeah, well, basically everywhere I'm Dana Lynn Barron and I'll spell that because there's fewer letters than you think maybe. <laughs> so I'm mostly, I'll be honest, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm not loving the Facebook really, yeah. but um, it's Dana Lynn Barron and that's D-A-N-A, L-Y-N. B A R O N. So there's only one N in Lynn and one R in Barron. Some people like to add extra ones, um, but so it's at Dana Lynn Barron at Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. What am I, what am I forgetting? Anything? I have a website, com. I have my voiceover site, dlbvoices.com. Okay. I think that's it. Is that enough? Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm on IMDb. Uh,
1: you can look me up there if you want. I was going to say, she's on IMDb.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Dana Lynn Barron. <laughs> <That's laughs>
1: <Amazing. laughs> Go read through her trivia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some
2: fun stuff in my trivia, I think.
1: Nice. Isn't that always fun? It's just like, what did people like? Yeah. Like that. oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that'll be the, That's when I'll know I made it. It's like when someone finds this <laughs> random ass fact about yeah. 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 me, like probably pulled it from this podcast. Like, did probably you? Yeah. Know, yeah. She's <laughs> missing a
2: pinky. Toe. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, let's be clear, I'm not <laughs> a pink toe. But someone is.
1: Right. Anyway. Someone is, maybe. Uh, oh
0: my awesome. God. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll so definitely much. plug you. Yeah. 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 And keep in thank touch. You. Honestly. Like we we love keeping in touch with our you guests too. and hearing when they do new exciting things. So Well,
2: and likewise, and I will say, lastly, being the Ricardos, in case you didn't know, is in theaters on December 10th and on Amazon on December 21st.
1: Amazing. Yes, go check it out. Enjoy it. Thank you, Dana.
2: Thank you both so much. I had a great time. Good. So did
1: we.
0: Thanks for listening to Femme Regard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals.
1: We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com.
0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.